0: On this episode of the Girl Talk podcast,
1: I remember when my mom died, mm. and I used to call her. If I needed somebody that I knew was on my side, I would call her. Mm. And I remember there was a time when I was praying, and I felt Him pressing that on my heart. She's not available for me to talk to, mm. but I am. <laughs> Hello there. You are listening to the Girl
2: Talk podcast brought to you by our friends at Fox Toyota of East Tennessee. I'm Carol. I'm Kelly. I'm Trisha. And today we're going to dive into the deep end of the pool of loneliness. You know oh, what? Wow. Uh, you know I forget who does the song, but you remember that? <laughs> that old song hello darkness my old friend oh, yeah. that's, that's Simon, what, and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel, Simon of and Garfunkel. Oh, yeah, yes I actually yes. read a story
1: about that yesterday. did you yes. really it's a that's, great song
2: I don't know why but I think of that when I think of
1: loneliness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well but, darkness loneliness seems very similar and, overlap
2: you know I think I don't know this for sure but I think that people seem more lonely now than ever before and I, I don't know if it's because of what we've been through with COVID or as a result of that? I don't know. I'm not sure. But that's this is one of the topics you said you wanted to talk about. So today, we're going to dive into the deep end about loneliness. So let's start out with this question. What drives our fear when it comes to connecting with other people? What do you think that is? I, for me, it's insecurity every,
1: every single time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Y'all have insecurity in what way? Um, I think I'm the same way, but I want to get more. So... <laughs> Sometimes I feel
2: like this is a therapy session for me. But anyway, so um, for <laughs> Just me... Just lay on the couch. Go Yes, on. I'm going to lay down get your yellow legal pad. Uh, for me, I think um, in relationships before, I have been told I'm too much. And I tend to operate in extremes. So I'm, ever, I'm, I'm usually really great or really terrible. Nowhere in between. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? My personality is that I swing to those extremes. That's how oh, you sometimes. feel. Yes. And so I, I think that's probably at the heart of, of that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys... Yeah,
0: agreed. I mean, I think for me,
2: it's the... You seem um, so, like, same all the time. Like, you, you seem very consistent. No,
1: she's talking to Kelly and not me. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You do seem very like, sane. You no, do I, seem I balanced, right? Right. right? Balanced.
0: Balanced. Right? Yeah.
1: You, okay. You don't feel that way, though? <laughs>
0: not No, but, not usually. I mean, I think, I mean, like with you, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily, uh, like... A, a whole lot to handle, but I do think that there are there are friendships I do well and there are friendships that
2: I really totally stink at.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that I'm either a,
2: really, really good at being a friend or really, really bad at being a friend. Well mm-hmm. here's what I think the I want to find the common denominator. I'm coming to you. So I tend to be in extremes and I feel like I'm too much. You you I see as a very like level, consistent mm-hmm. person and you don't feel that way. And so Trish, what about you? What where do you fall on the spectrum?
1: Well, I think what drives me to stay away from people or protect myself or isolate and be lonely is because I'm afraid they're going to discover things about me that I want to hide. Mm -hmm. So that's probably insecure. But for me, that's what fuels it is that if I'm only, you know, if I'm ready to be with people and I can present myself in a certain way, I'm protected but yeah. if you spend more time with me or if I'm not the real don't have my guard up or yeah, whatever yeah. you may discover things that I want to hide well, I think there's also a lot of those
0: what if questions like what if I'm not good enough mm-hmm. to be what, your friend or I was just getting what ready if to I'm say, not fun enough yeah or
2: witty enough right I was just getting ready to say probably if I drill down just a little bit deeper behind I'm too much it's rejection that's the big yeah place for me mm-hmm. because when I feel rejected, then I go to all those coping mechanisms of withdrawing and isolating and doing all the things that I know aren't good for me. But the rejection's yeah. at the heart of all that. Mm-hmm. Who wants to
0: feel rejected?
2: Right. That's no fun. I think oh. the nature of our personalities, especially as creatives um, and as, presenters, as presenters, mm-hmm. actors, you know, enthusiasts. If you're an enneagram person. Uh, is that we that we are go- either really good or really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that sometimes we get coined with that because I don't think anybody fits the perfect example of what any of those types are. We all have our moments where we're really good and we're really bad. Yeah. But in our personality and in what we do, that's what makes us good at what we do. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I want people to hear the different perspectives Per perspectives and how we feel in that moment because I think um, the truth at least for me that comes to uh, the top that bubbles to the top is that it, it there's a difference between how you're perceived and how you're feeling mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right and I think that's where loneliness kind of begins for for most of us is that we we think one way because we see all the inward yucky stuff and actually what other people perceive as sometimes very opposite of
1: that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah well i think there's two kinds of loneliness there's loneliness that we create which mm. i think is what you're talking about when we yeah. make the choice to isolate and be lonely because in my case i'm afraid you won't like me right which right. is kind of along those same lines of rejection yeah. mm-hmm. um and so you know i'm on when i'm out and i'm off when i'm not but i think there's another kind of loneliness that is when um life has put you in a situation where you don't have people around you. Mm. So it's not your choice to, to isolate, but you are isolated mm. because of maybe um, a situation in your family or a health situation or um, a loss. So I, I think there are two kinds of loneliness, but when I choose loneliness, it's because I, I'm afraid you're not going to like me. Mm. And so uh, I will carefully create who I, th- who I think you want me to be and I'll try to be that with all my might and then when I've lost my energy for that I will go retreat mm. and be um, a different part of me I'm afraid, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think
0: there's also though a third type of loneliness where you can
1: be surrounded
0: by a lot of people and not have any real deep connections Mm -hmm. with anybody Mm -hmm. to really share that kind of transparent piece of who you are and find somebody who
1: loves you just the way you are, who accepts you, who accepts Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Just the way you are. I felt that in New York city, Mm -hmm. walking down the road, literally bumping shoulders with hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. I never felt so alone in my life. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you can be around lots of people and not feel like you're connecting with any of them. And that is a very profound loneliness.
0: And I think you can also get so busy in your life that even you can be surrounded by lots of people that you can connect with. Uh But because you're not actively Mm. taking steps to connect with those people, because you've filled all your time and your space and your emotional energy in just staying busy, that you're an extra level of lonely, even though you have
2: great people in your life. I find
0: that to be my wow. case sometimes,
2: yeah, yeah. So I guess the the that leads me into this next question of where do you begin? No matter where you find yourself on the spe- spectrum of loneliness, as we've identified three areas here, I'm I'm sure there's probably more. But as as you kind of gravitate towards one of these types of loneliness, how do you begin to to find connection, to make connection, and really um, come out of that season of loneliness? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that.
0: I mean, I think one thing you have to do is find out what it is that you're missing, mm. you know, really think through what is it that you are missing in community um, that you can go and seek out mm. And what are what's your current situation? I think a lot of that comes down to assessing where you are, what where you want to be, but also talking to God about what his best is for you and what his plan is for you. Mm. And um Ask him to guide and direct those steps to find yourself out
1: of the situation that you're in, whatever, Mm. whatever it is. Mm. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking for myself with the rejection fears, when I feel that not good enough peace, if I can read God's promises Mm. that I am secure in my relationship with God that mm-hmm. he did not reject me and that he is always with me then i have a a piece of strength that i can take out and interact with people mm-hmm. and that way if i go interact with someone and i get the sense that they don't like me it doesn't destroy me mm-hmm. if i have my security in my relationship with god yeah. and if i remember that it's when i go out looking for my security in relating to other people Mm -hmm. that I can get very hurt. Think about it like, you know, going out, naked. (laughs) You're vulnerable. You're real vulnerable. But when you go out clothed in Christ and clothed in knowing that you are a beloved child of God, you can go out and, and yeah, it might be a little chilly, (laughs) but you ain't showing all your parts. (laughs) You're, you're protected in some degree, you know, I've got to find that security in God. Mm -hmm. So I don't allow other people to reject me. And it sends me down a spiral of loneliness.
0: Right. Because if we if we really understand who we are in God mm-hmm. and who he made us to be and how much he loves us, and we find our worth in him. Mm-hmm. And he's we're with not, us. Yes. Then we're not looking for that worth in friendships and in relationships. Mm-hmm. And we are enough. Mm-hmm. God made us to be enough, you know, and God also knows us well enough to know exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. And will provide that for us when we ask him for those relationships i know going into um covid god provided for me these incredible neighbors that made that whole time period not a time of loneliness for us mm-hmm. because he provided Those two sets of neighbors, one of which we didn't even know really from Adam's house cat Mm. before (laughs) um, before COVID. And we got to have some time. So one of the other things I think that you can a a step you can take if you're finding yourself in loneliness is walk around your neighborhood. Mm. Who has God already provided in your world and in your sphere of, you know, the place he put you Mm -hmm. um, that could those those who who in those places could become uh, deep relationships for you and let God kind of expose that to you Mm.
1: because they may need you too yeah which is a good point
2: so what I'm hearing from you is that we start from a place of identity we start Mm -hmm. by getting our identity settled and not going into relationship feeling like we need that relationship to make us who we are, to make or break us, mm-hmm. essentially, is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. So that would be a first good step. So uh, um, I think that kind of applies to all three kinds of, uh, of loneliness that we identified in the beginning. But how can we be people that invite connection? I mean, you just spoke to, you know, going around your neighborhood and identifying people that might be, you know, right under your nose. You might go to church with them, you know, you know all sorts of places. But how can we truly be people that invite connection?
1: Well, one thing that I think both of you guys touched on earlier that hits me is being available. Mm. Yes. And I'm not available when I'm thinking about my schedule, when I'm running from here to there, when I've already got my day planned. Mm -hmm. I'm not available to... I might say, hey, how you doing to someone? But I'm barely listening and I'm Mm. moving on to the next thing. Yeah. But when I am at my better self i can ask someone how they're doing and i can stop and i can give them my attention and i can take in what they're saying to me Mm. and being available for them which also feeds me i Mm. think being Mm. available
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah i agree i mean i think we spend a whole lot of time with our faces buried in these things these Mm -hmm. cell phones yeah um and we don't make eye contact with people like we used to. And we're not, we're not, even if we are not as busy, we've made ourselves distracted from the conversations. And when you're not present enough to be able to make eye contact with somebody to say, Hey, I see that you are hurting. I see that You are someone I could have a conversation with and to make yourself Mm -hmm. approachable, even to be able to smile at somebody and somebody else wants to approach you because you've made eye contact with them. Mm. Um, I think I think we've got to get our heads out of our cell phones and really start making that eye contact, intentional eye contact with people around us.
2: Yeah, because I think we've put some um, expectations on social media. Because social media isn't really all that social. I mean, you may know what's going on in somebody's world or what they want you to know that's going on in their world, but you really don't see the underbelly of life that most of us experience on a day-to-day thing um, because social media we see the best parts of other people we see the their highlight reels and we compare that to our you know full-length movie that has the ugly parts and everything in it you know and so I think we you're right we've but we've we've almost um, made social media in and of itself an expectation that we're going to get filled up (laughs) well you're not because it's a screen not a not a real person an in real life person Right. And I think that's so important that in real life people
0: mm-hmm. part is so important. And that's what we in this era, not even just the covid stuff mm-hmm. and the, how our world has changed since then, but just our um, the, the technology, the world we're living in today versus 10 years ago versus 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. We're spending a whole lot less time um, in real personal contact yeah. with <clears throat> real people that have real flesh that Mm -hmm. we can touch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Put our hand on their shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's so important. We've got to get back to that level of connection.
1: One thing that I discovered about the social media piece of it is there's never enough of it to make you feel satisfied. Mm -hmm. There's never enough thumbs up likes or Mm -hmm. comments on your photo that's going to make you feel less lonely. Mm -hmm. And when I go to social media for um a moment of loneliness mm-hmm. i never feel satisfied yeah yeah right so right. being aware of that
2: so i've been reading this book and it's it's not a christian book at all it's actually kind of a business book but he, he's talking about the art of listening and um, how we have lost the art to listen to one another. He said, you know, now, it's. I think Stephen Covey actually originally said it. He, mm-hmm. he said we listen to respond, not to mm-hmm. understand. You know, and I think we've kind of forgotten how to listen to each other and how for that interaction to happen and that give and take and that back and forth. Whereas, you know, before when we were younger, you didn't have a device. You didn't have something in your pocket. You, you still had to go to the library and type a paper on a typewriter, which that, blew my teenager's mind when i told her that i was like no you have to go sit in the library and you have to get your research done in the library you you know you maybe could check a book out but for research those weighed about 75 pounds so you didn't That's want to do true. that right yeah but um we didn't have those barriers and i think they have made our lives simpler but they've also made our lives busier and when we have free time we automatically start the scroll and we we don't realize you know I I go back to this I've I've turned the the color off people look at me like I'm stupid because they I've turned the color off on my screen because I'm just not tempted to pick it up as much as I did when it's when it's all you know bright lights and colorful pictures and that's just one way of me cutting down the time that I actually spend staring at it because it doesn't produce that serotonin or whatever you know that dopamine hit that we get when people like our post or you know all that stuff so I think um We have more barriers now than ever and we can communicate now more than ever. So it's like this weird seesaw of like we've got more resources to be able to communicate, but we communicate less. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand how like kind of we get that out of whack. And I've been trying to get my head around. Why is it we choose that? And I think one of the 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 main things for me is it's just available. (laughs) instead of making myself available Mm -hmm. the social media is available to me anytime i want to log on and see how wonderful someone else's life is and compare that to my own that that goes back to speaking to the identity that we we struggle with when we go to social media with unrealistic expectations like you said there's never enough of it to kind of fill you up to the Mm -hmm. top where you feel Mm -hmm. like oh okay now i can go out and tackle the world because i've made connection with somebody through social media are there are there relationships that Start on social media and then flourish. Absolutely there are. But I will say uh, nine times out of ten for me, that's not the case. I'm comparing somebody else's perfect life to my imperfect life. And that's where that, that, you know, gets gets me into trouble.
1: I think another thing when you're feeling lonely as a alternative to what Mm. we're talking about with the social media is to let someone know. Let someone know. Um, Hopefully... There is at least one person that you can let know that you're hurting. Mm-hmm. And I, I think most people, if they know that the other person is hurting, um, would try to be there mm-hmm. in, a, in a tangible flesh way, not, um, not a, a social media electronic way. Mm-hmm. But even if it's on the telephone, even to hear someone's voice, I know that can help yeah feelings of loneliness but like you said carol it's so much easier to just grab your phone because mm-hmm. you don't have to ask anybody right but right. i think
0: be vulnerable yeah. yeah
1: i think sometimes we have to be vulnerable right, yeah and if you're
0: not lonely be that person who is approachable mm. so yeah. that other people will look you in the eyes and say i'm lonely mm. can i spend some time with you mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah I, but here's another thing i think you have to be um y- you can't you also expectation you have to pray through that situation because sometimes when you say what you need and it's not the right person mm-hmm. true you end up feeling more lonely than you did before you said raised your hand you mm-hmm. know and I, I, I don't want to n- n- saying what you need because i and i say that because i go back to my first statement when people go like hey, you're a little bit much and i I know that and i'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's fine but it, sometimes in those relationships when you raise your hand and say okay I need to talk or I need people kind of back away and become, you know, kind of move to the back of the room. And that in and of itself, if you don't have that identity piece right and go into it with the right expectation, you know, it may be nothing more than they've got 12 things to do today and somebody's screaming at them from, you know, it it may be all sorts of things. It doesn't necessarily have to do with you. But if you don't get that identity piece settled before Mm -hmm. you go to that relationship and ask for that and they can't give it at that time. I don't want to paint a picture like, oh, if you say what you need every time you're going to get it, because that's, <laughs> that's not true either. That's very, you know, true. I think you really have to go back to what is it that you need? Is it a place to talk And it? Is it professional help? Because there are some situations where you need to say, I feel mm-hmm. lonely and I'm and I'm doing this to myself and I need somebody to give me coping strategies and ways to get out mm-hmm. because and, and there's no shame in that. Nope. I mean, that is exactly where you need. and it And it may be as simple as, you know, you making a phone call to somebody who professionally can help you work through those feelings and see kind of where you are on that continuum of loneliness. But, um, I don't want to give because you know there's some people out there who, who go to somebody that they love and respect and and say I need this and the person kind of backs away and then they feel lonelier and worse than before. Mm-hmm. Like why did I even bother sharing that? Why did I even, you know, raise my hand? Um, so I want you to I want us to go back to that just because I think that can that there, there's a, there's a fine line of codependency there. You know, thinking somebody's going to be your savior, and mm-hmm. that's not the, the case. You know, true. so I think you have to be really careful with that. I think it all starts with identity. I think Tricia, you mentioned it before, of just going back and being realistic about what you expect and why you're fe- feeling
1: the way that you're feeling, right? Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that because that is true. The the identity piece has to be set and it has to be God. It it can't be anybody else and it can't be anything else. I remember when my mom died Mm. and I used to call her if things were upsetting. If I needed somebody that I knew was on my side, I would call her. Mm. And when she died and that was taken away, many times I've thought, I have nobody. That's it's not true. I don't have anybody. I've got friends and I've got my husband and different things. But just exactly what you're talking about, Carol, I can't put it all on somebody else. They're not going to be there. And truth be told, my mom wasn't there perfectly for me either, even Mm. though she wanted to be. But what I've learned in the past three years is every time I think, oh, I want to call mom and talk to her about this, I have to go to God. Mm. Yes. I have to go to God. And I remember there was a time when I was praying and I felt him pressing that on my heart. She's not available for me to talk to, Mm. but I am. Mm. Mm. And I have remembered that and done that. And there's still times I pick up my phone and I'm like, oh, if I could just dial the numbers. Mm. And then God's like, I'm here. I'm here. You know, that very thing
0: happened to me the other night. I still have my mom, but um, I was wrestling with something that I didn't want to share with her because Mm -hmm. I didn't want her to change her opinion of the person that Mm -hmm. I needed to uh, vent about. (laughs) So I, you know, went to God and Mm -hmm. I went on a walk around my neighborhood and I cried and I just vented to him and it helped tremendously. Mm -hmm. Um, It really, it really makes a difference. So regardless of whether or not you have that person or not, that you can just say all the things to God is there and he listens and Mm -hmm. he wants to, He wants to be that sounding board and he'll listen better than any human Mm -hmm. will. It's Mm -hmm. true. Good stuff.
2: So, I want to tell you, especially with this episode, because I think there are some things that um, we brought up today that maybe you need to process through. And um, I want you to um, go to the show notes. We post show notes with every episode. And that's going to ask you some questions um, to kind of identify where you are um, in your loneliness and what kind of steps you need to take next in order to get the help that you need. So you'll find that in the show notes, and uh, we provide those with every episode. And we'd love it if you'd take a list, look at those. And uh, we'd like to say thank you to our friends at Fox Toyota of East Tennessee for their partnership in ministry. And know that you can get in touch with us anytime. It's as simple as an email. at lightfm.org is our email address, and we would love to hear from you. You can also Check in on the Facebook page, the Girlfriends Group. However it is that you want to get in touch, you can share your tips, how to pull yourself out of loneliness. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to pray for you as well. And we'll see you next time we gather around these microphones for the Girl Talk Podcast.